0: Welcome to the first episode of 2022 Hit Stick Fantasy Football Podcast,
1: Season Three. Bo-bo-bo-boom.
0: I am your host, Mr. Mike Seta, joined as always by the soulless canine, Right Dog. What the fuck is up, Denny's? Good to be back, and of course, not the quarterback, Mr. Chris Sims.
1: How's it going? How's it going? Good to be back here in the local
0: Denny's, for um, sure. The ranch
1: 2013 baby. I, I hope we don't get kicked out again. The witches got really mad last time. We shout a lot. Eh, it happens. Yeah. So,
0: well, before we get started, just wanted to remind everybody real quick follow us, uh, follow us on all the social medias at HitStick Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and also feel free to follow us on our own personal Twitters and ask us some questions. I am at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at the real Ryan long
1: and I'm at HitStick Chris. And just to give you guys a little bit of insight here of what you could be missing out on. I mean, we are literally doing a team breakdown right now for one of our listeners. He messaged us a trade question and our response was literally DM us your team and DM us the team you're working with. And we were going to literally dive into the dynamics of that and try and work out a good trade for him. So that's the kind of help that you can get when you come on over to the HitStick fantasy Twitter page.
0: Of course, and for any long-form feedback, questions, recommendations, you can always hit us up on email at hitstickfantasy at uh, Yeah, business inquiries. We are always looking to grow. So, first things first, how's everyone doing? <laughs> are
2: you asking us or are you asking the <laughs> listeners? Because I'm doing great. I am living the. Well, American well the listeners dream. can't respond to us, so most mostly they can, but it'll be a few days till they get back. Yeah. Um. No, it's it's so exciting to be talking fantasy football again. It's so exciting for football to be in the first stages of being back. You know, free agency just happened. The draft is literally a week ago. We are we are back to moving. We are players are on their new teams. Players are getting their big contracts. The
1: season is going to be announced in the next week or so. Uh, when people are playing, I am hyped. Yeah, you ask a five-year-old how he's feeling the day after Christmas when he got every single toy he wanted on his list. Cause that's where I'm at right now. Because the NFL draft, that is Christmas. I remember that entire day. You get, yeah, got home, turned on the TV, got ready to watch the first pick, and next thing you know, it was just I'm
0: freaking out, man.
1: Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yep.
0: Well, I'm as excited as you guys. I'm just, I'm actually more pumped that like football is a full year-round kind of sport at this point the best sport there is you know like before there was a little bit longer of a break in between the draft and the combine and everything now it's like year-round you can just follow with listening to football guys all day so I'm all about it for sure
1: I'm also quite a big fan that it seems the NFL owners and coaches are also taking quite a liking to playing fantasy football because with all the offseason trades that we've been seeing <laughs> they're playing fantasy football <laughs> like now you would think our boy Steve was running some of these teams yes yeah absolutely so I'll mean, say the Jaguars yeah, the, the Raiders are like over there. Like, well, I got Adams on my fantasy team, so call mortgage the future. How many first round picks to get that man over here? Like, they didn't care. So,
0: well, real quick before we dive into all of the offseason moves, draft prep, and everything like that that we've been going over the last few weeks, I just wanted to give everyone a quick update uh, this year for our main show, the one you're listening to now, as well as the feed that has been going out, you know, for the past two years. We are going to be focused mainly on that redraft-style format, you know, your home leagues and things like that, Um, and pretty much the most common fantasy football. But we also have some big plans this year for you guys, and we're going to be adding a couple new shows to our repertoire as well as some new members of the team. So I'm going to let Chris kind of go into that for a little bit.
1: Yeah, so for anybody out here that is um – head over heels in the Dynasty community like uh, myself here, who is just completely, totally lost in the sauce uh, that is known as uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football. We got a brand new show just for you. That is the Hit Stick Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. You can find that on all of your favorite streaming platforms, same way you find this one. We got um, some great co-hosts, some great behind-the-scenes guys that have been doing a little bit of stuff for us here and there. You've probably heard them on this podcast as a call-in before, um, you know. but definitely tune in there. Get yourself caught up on all the Dynasty content. If you want to know, you know, a lot of, we're going to be diving into a lot of, you know, just the breakdown of this draft upcoming, just moves and stuff like that just throughout the season. There's just, it's all Dynasty all the time. We got a few other shows in the work for you guys, too, that are going to be, you know, maybe if you're into the betting side of the world, just uh just stay posted. so But there's definitely big things in the works here for all the members of the Hit Squad, and we can't wait to dive into all the stuff and debut these things and, you know, Show it all to
0: you. Yeah, make sure you guys are, like we said before, following us on all those social medias for all those updates that are soon to be coming.
1: And there is actually a few episodes live of Hit Stick Dynasty. So if you want to dive into, you know, what to do in these rookie drafts coming up, get at us. So,
0: You guys ready to jump into it? Yes, sir. Yes. Play that funky music, white boy. All right. So, with our first topic of the day, we're going to just go over a couple of winners and losers from the outcome of this 22 NFL football draft. So, Ryan, go ahead, get us started. All right. I'm going to get us started
2: with somebody that I'm sure most of our listeners know that I probably would have been a fan of had they been in the league sooner. And because I'm a huge Dalvin Cook guy, and I am a big, big fan of his younger brother. James Cook.
1: I'm excited to talk about this one because I'm pretty sure that there's somebody at this table that doesn't fully agree with you. So, hey,
2: that's understandable. He's not, you know, the most prototypical NFL running back. He's not built like a bruiser, he's not anything like that. He's a pass catching back by his build and by his mechanics. He played at Georgia where he was with a couple of other great running backs that kind of hindered his uh, amount of opportunities, but he still got second round draft capital and he ended up on the team that we all wanted all of our favorite running backs to end up on the Buffalo Bills. Sure. Uh, what Buffalo has head coach has been planning to say is that he wants to cut back on Josh Allen running the ball. He wants to protect his quarterback, his you know $100 million quarterback. He doesn't want him to get hurt. He's trying to win Super Bowls. So Josh Allen, if he's taking a little bit back in the running, there's going to be some more opportunities for their running backs there. And the running backs there, previously, not very great. Devin Singletary has been very middle of the road. He's a uh, solid you know, between-the-tackles guy. He can maybe break one or two off a game. Nothing too great. Nothing that's shocking, especially for fantasy purposes. Enter James Cook, who has a big pass catching work, but can also handle a little bit of between the tackles. He's in line for good opportunity right out the back. One thing we did know was that Buffalo was heavily chasing after J.D. McKissick this offseason, and they had him essentially signed to a contract before Washington came and pried him out of their greedy little hands. So they they were clamoring for a pass catching back, and they found one in the second round of the draft in James Cook. So I'm very, very excited to see what he can do this year.
0: Yeah, honestly, most of the things I agree with, there's a few things that I do disagree with a little bit. I agree with the fact that Devin Singletary isn't a great fantasy football back, but he's still a pretty solid NFL running back. And that is my biggest concern when it comes to James Cook. I think he has the upside, no doubt, um, To if he does take over as their lead back there to be a fantasy superstar. I just, I, I just... It worries me. He's not... He's not a guy... He's a guy I'd feel comfortable taking early in rookie drafts, uh, taking a shot on a little bit later in you know, the redraft kind of process, but he's not a guy that I'm as hyped on as a Brees Hall or a KW3 or any of those guys.
2: Which is deservedly so. He's not as talented as those two guys.
1: So where in your rookie drafts is a realistic place that you think James Cook's going to go? Because off name value alone, but just based on who his brother is, he's probably going to get reached. Out. I mean, I've seen people... Literally I was, talking about him at the 103. I was planning on reaching
2: him in the second round before his, you know, his landing That's spot up now. To his draft capital. You're right. It's not happening now. But the lucky thing is so many great wide receivers went in this draft that they are going to be picked ahead of him. And there are two fantastic running backs who ended up in not the best opportunity, but not also horrible landing spots who are going to go probably number one overall in Brees Hall and probably three or four overall at worst in Kenneth Walker. So you're going to get James Cook in the back of the first.
1: Let's, let's play a quick game of find the line. Or would you uh, do James Cook over any of the quote-unquote big-name receivers such as Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, or Drake London? Nope. Any of them? No. What about Chris Olave? Nope. Nope. What about Sky and or George yes. Kip, George Pickens? Yep.
0: That's that's where you can find you you can find a sweet spot is yeah. kind of right right in that area. Which is why now, it's
2: nice about James Cook. You can get him at the one hundred eight, the one hundred nine, the one ten. If you're a good team and you know, like maybe you're just a little light on running back,
1: that is a great pickup. Now, just one last kind of comment here. Another running back got a, you know, later draft capital, but is somebody that is kind of rising in stock. Somebody that we're not really going to talk about right here. He's going to be definitely highlighted on the Dynasty podcast. But Damian Pierce, would you prefer a guy like that who has a wide open opportunity to command the entire running back room? A little bit more built to be a three down back. Over in Houston, probably going to get a bigger workload. But James Cook over in Buffalo, probably going to get more efficient and effective targets and touches.
2: If you're playing in PPR, I'm going James Cook. Okay. If you're playing in half or standard, yes, Pierce has the upside of, you know, he might be on the field at all times. Which is, you know, okay, but he's in a shitty spot. You know, that Houston's not fantastic at all at any point of football. But opportunity is king. Opportunity is king. At the running back position. So if he ends up being great, you know, he's a second round steal, but no, I'm still going James Cook in any full PPR format or even half, probably still James Cook.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I'd lean more towards maybe getting one of those, you know, bona fide stud receivers and then, you know, taking a couple swings at some oh, running yeah. backs later. Stud stud receivers
2: get first uh, cream great, of the crop those for great me. Receivers in yeah. this class. I'm not reaching on James Cook at 105 just because, you know, He's there. I'm, I'm still going with those stud receivers. I love those guys.
0: Well, speaking about some rookie running backs, I'm going to go ahead and dive into my number one winner of the NFL 22 draft, and that's Mr. Kenneth Walker III, KW3, who is honestly one of the more complete backs in this draft. The only one who I can consider even better than him is Brees Hall, and I think KW3 landed in a perfect spot. The scheme is perfect fit to him. And if anything happens, which it usually does, to Carson and Rashad Penny, goes down, he can literally assume that bell cow role. So I'm very, very hyped for him in all formats when it comes to, you know, fantasy football this season. Last year in college, he finished with 18 touchdowns, over 1,600 rushing yards. He's four, he ran a 4.39 at the combine, 215 pounds. So he's he's thick, he's durable. He just might get you know, the most carries out of anyone in this rookie draft. He can handle it. Well,
1: and I, I, on Twitter, I went out and said, I predicted Brees Hall going to Seattle, and I was excited about it. I think that Seattle is a great landing spot for running back. So I definitely really liked it for Kenneth Walker's stock when they took him there with one of those second-round picks because he is a complete back, and he is somebody that can definitely, you know, can be utilized in both ends of the game. And the only competition he really has is Rashad Penny because I don't personally believe Chris Carson's ever going to play football again. I went way more in-depth on that on the dynasty side of the podcast. Cause I, I, and if you know, for, if you're listening, I think Chris Carson's a must sell any, you know, oh, I, I mean, at this point, get whatever you can, If you can get a third, get it. But I I love the landing spot and I love what Pete Carroll does with running backs. And I love his mentality of wanting to run the football. It's a great landing spot. He definitely won.
0: Chris, who's your first winner.
1: My first winner. I didn't pick a rookie like you guys did, but um, I definitely, you know, I mean, there was a lot that won. I mean, if I had to pick a rookie, I would definitely go with sky more, but A big-time winner, in my opinion, from this NFL draft was J.K. Dobbins over in Baltimore. They did not, which there was a lot of rumors. You know, his stock's been kind of up and down a little bit here for this offseason in the sense that, you know, they've been linked to Melvin Gordon. And, you know, it kind of makes sense because they did kind of need somebody. They had Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins both go down to bad um, ACL injuries last season. So just to make sure, like, they definitely had to bring somebody in. And I was a little bit concerned that they were going to address that During the draft, but this is more than just the fact that they didn't for J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is a clear-cut winner for the simple fact that look at what Baltimore did during this draft. They traded away Hollywood Brown. If that's not an indication that they want to run the shit out of the football, I don't know what is. Then look at what their draft picks were. It was pretty much all offensive line and defense. Those are two things that bode very, very well for a running back. I I think this is a clear cut sign that Baltimore has all the faith in the world that JK Dobbins is going to be 100% and going to be ready come beginning of the year. And they plan to turn him into what they drafted him to be. And that just, you know, basically take over that heavy bulk load of the carries there and just dominate. I think it's a boost for Gus Edwards too. If you're a Gus Edwards holder in a dynasty league or something like that for the handcuff version, or like even if in a redraft, if you want to slap him on your bench with your last pick as one of the better handcuffs in the league, but I'm looking at what the team did and the moves they made, and it's just very, very obvious that they're intending to run the ball as much as possible, and all the moves they've made have definitely supported that. So I think that Dobbins is going to be locked and loaded and ready to go to get the opportunity to be what we thought he could be.
0: Yeah, I think the, the only concern when it comes to Dobbins is the same concern everyone's going to have, is how does he recover from that injury? How does he come back? Does he come back as a form of his former self, or does he come back with a little bit less speed, a little bit less cut moves, and you know things along those lines, so that's just something you got to weigh when you're you know going out and drafting J.K. Dobbins early. Yeah, and we'll get a good we'll get a good idea of it during training camp and stuff.
1: Well, it's also important to note that he is way under the age where you should be concerned about something like an oh, ACL yeah. tear. With the way medicine is these days, usually players under the age of twenty five, which he's well under, they have no issues recovering from that ACL tear. So.
0: All right. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into my second winner of the day for the draft, and it, it kind of takes a similar, uh, you know, aspect that Chris had with his uh, running back, and that is Mister Darnell Mooney to the moon. And Love this, pick. this is one of my favorite young receivers in the NFL. And a lot of what Chris was saying about J.K. Domins, they didn't really address any running backs for him. They didn't address us anything. When it comes to pass catchers in Chicago in the draft, anyone they added throughout free agency or guys who I, you know, you, you've barely heard of they're on the bottom of your dynasty rosters. There's no one very special, you know, as bad as a season as Allen Robinson had last season when he played, he had five and a half targets per game. Mooney finished with 8.2 targets per game. You can easily see two out of those five targets going to Mooney. And even if the bears are bad, Even if Justin Fields isn't progressing into a stud, you know, year two quarterback, a guy getting 10 targets a game. That's something I'm going to be all over any day of the week.
2: Yeah. He's definitely a very safe receiver, especially with the moves they made. Like you said, uh, Mooney, he was a big shock to me last year. I was all over Allen Robinson. As our listeners probably know, as you guys know, personally, I owned him in every single league. I'm a big Allen Robinson truther and he, he hit the dust hard last year. Uh, Cole Komet. Is going to be amazing this year, but like Darno Mooney is going to be he's going to hover in he's going to be a certified wide receiver too.
0: He has to be. Yeah. I mean, when you when you finish with over 140 targets, you know, with a poor like, you know, as 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 much as I love Justin Fields, he didn't have that great of a rookie season. So you can, you know, assume him getting a little bit better at that position, as well as a, you know, a veteran receiver with AR fifteen gone. You know, I'm all over it all day. Ryan, who you got? All right, my second winner is a little bit of a shock. It's Mr. Jameis Winston.
2: I think he won big on draft day. Uh, biggest thing was the Saints didn't address the quarterback position at any round. They said, you know what? We're riding with our two-year, $28 million man, Jameis Winston, famous Jameis. Uh, and he he can be solid for fantasy purposes when he plays. He was uh, having a decent year last year. He started the year with a 14-3 to 3 touchdown ratio before going down with an ACL. A lucky thing about ACLs and quarterbacks is unless they're a super running happy quarterback, it doesn't seem to really affect their game. I think he'll be just fine. He is somebody who is not afraid to sling the ball when he is out there. And now they just got themselves a new offensive weapon in Chris Olave, who I am a big Olave guy. I think he is a threat at all points on the field. He can go up anywhere and get the ball. Michael Thomas should be returning from his injury and he's going to have a fully stacked offense again. So Going against the Panthers and Falcons twice a year sounds great to me for a quarterback position. I think we're going to see another big, big year from Jameis Winston, somebody who he was a back-end our, our QB1 on the years he was healthy. And yeah, He's so not his,
1: Lamar. He doesn't play both. No.
2: He, uh, his last full year of uh, great health when he was in Tampa Bay, he was the QB3 on the year. were for 5,000 yards and 30 touchdowns. Yeah, those 30 interceptions come with it, but we're not trying to win real games here. We're trying to win fantasy games, so we look for those TDs. And he's got those. So with his weapons, with the offense kind of trusting him now and giving him the keys, if he's on the year for, or if he's on the field for the full year, I think we've got a you know a secret QB one that you can snag in the back of your drafts.
0: I don't know if I'd go as far as QB one. I agree um, with that. I I think it's a nice you know late round quarterback kind of swag kind of guy to get. But I'm just I'm looking forward into diving into the coaching tendencies for all their new coaches this year to see how they're going to try to use Jameis and kind of ease him back in from that injury. So I don't disagree, but I'm not all on board like you are.
1: Yeah, Oh, I'm also – I'm not 100% confident that Michael Thomas is actually going to come back on this football field and play. I mean, I, I want to see that. Once that happens in, like, training camp and things like that, I'll be a little bit more on board, but um, I, I – You're not wrong. He definitely won. I mean, getting Chris Olave. Chris Olave is a very dynamic and a very good receiver. He's very fast, great route runner. He's not going to really do too much after the catch, and I do have some concerns with him of getting off the line. I think he's going to get beat on the press quite a bit in the beginning of his career. So he's going to need somebody like Michael Thomas to come back and be on the field for those first six to eight games just to kind of let him get his feet wet in the NFL. But... He, you could, you definitely can't argue that he's a great prospect and what the Saints did in general, plus he's got Kamara. There's a lot of upside there. The only thing I will say is what you highlighted right there with we don't want him to win NFL games, we want him to win our fantasy games. From a dynasty perspective, if I had Winston in any form of a super flex league, this is probably a decent time to shop just because I don't know if there's long-term security there. But from a redraft standpoint, as a quarterback, you can get kind of in those mid-later rounds. There is certainly a lot of upside there, so I definitely think you're right.
0: All right, Chris, who you got for your last winner of my, the day?
1: My last winner is a guy that you two despise. And I I don't I don't blame you for despising it, but you can't deny the fact that he is a winner from this draft. And that is Mr. Zach Wilson, quarterback for the New York Jets. And I mean, look, we're gonna find out everything we need to know about this kid in this season, if he can do it or if he can't, because the Jets had a phenomenal NFL draft. They went out, they acquired the best running back in this class in Brees Hall, who is very, very capable in the passing game. They have Michael Carter there, who was also good in the passing game. And then they used the 10th overall pick on a guy like Garrett Wilson, one of my, my favorite receiver in this class by far. Very dynamic playmaker. They already have Elijah Moore, who Elijah Moore, in my opinion, was one of the nice surprises of the second round from last year's class. I mean, there was a, there was a span in time where Elijah Moore was literally the wide receiver 2 from like weeks, he was overall, wide receiver two on overall from weeks 18 to 14 before he went on IR to finish the year. So there is a lot of great playmakers there. You can't forget Corey Davis is also still there chilling as a wide receiver three. If this kid has anything whatsoever, if he was 75% worth of what they spent on him in draft capital, I think that Zach Wilson, you know, we're going to see it this year with the weapons that he has. And in terms of like a super flex standpoint, he's not a bad person you can get at the back end of your rounds, or if you're one of those teams that likes to double up on quarterbacks and get like a security one, you can probably get Zach Wilson late in your drafts and just see if you struck gold. And every, cause every year there's that one quarterback that nobody expects to just break out. And you know, with the weapons that he has, he could possibly be one of those guys. So I think that we're going to really see what he's made of in the 2022 season. I think we should have our first bet of the year. I'm down. James Winston versus Zach Wilson. Oh, let's go. I'm on board. We have shook. But we haven't even decided what the terms are. We what are the terms normally? Do we can't buy we, dinner or something? Not dinner. No.
0: I'm not taking we, it. We never dinner. we never settle these bets, so. Milkshake, sure we haven't. Say so we're keeping track this year. We're keeping track. New Year, New Me. Put it on the list. James Winston versus Zach Wilson. Milkshake bet? Milkshake bet. Loser takes a milkshake to the first.
1: Yep. Does Done. injuries disqualify the bet? Yes. yes.
0: All right. Play yeah. has
1: to play 14 game minimum. Both. Twelve game minimum.
0: Okay. Sheesh.
1: It's fine. Twelve game minimum. Nice. All, All right. right. We're well, we moving over to the losers. Let's talk some losers. You guys want to talk some losers? All
0: right. So I'll get us. Uh, um, uh, um. All right. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and get us started for my first loser. And this it. This one pains me to say because it was one of my favorite guys last season in the rookie draft, and that is Mister the Joker. Kadarius tony and it kind of all stems from what was going on this offseason him wanting to be traded and wanting to be moved can, can i interrupt you for a second what what happened with it he wanted to be traded yeah because i
1: that made that i mean one of our league mates was we laughing hysterically at the giants like how stupid is this franchise you guys traded up to get this receiver and now you're trying to shop him and it's been one year so he wanted out
0: yeah he wanted to be out as the last i read Brian Dable seems to like him, and he's been at practices and been at the OTAs and all those kind of things. So it's looked like that fence kind of got mended a little bit. And then the Giants move up and take a Kadarius <laughs> Tony clone in Wondell Robinson.
1: He? He's not a clone. That's Walmart brand. Like that's I, great
0: value one. I just think that Wondell is he's an okay player, but he's like the classic gadget guy when it comes to NFL players. Like he'll be able to run some some jets for you. Catch some quick screens for you. And it just overall hurts Kadarius Tony's complete outlook this year where I thought he could possibly take a step forward. It's already a crowded receiving room. Kadarius Tony's a guy I might be staying away from him when it comes to redraft.
1: When it comes to redraft, I don't blame you just because that I'm staying away from that entire team as yep. a whole outside of Saquon Barkley just because of how important the running back position is. I'll always but, roster Sterling Shepard at some point in the yeah, late rounds. Yeah, it's he's true. always solid. But, I mean, I... I don't I mean, I'm not really worried about the wide receiver they took. I thought that was a massive reach. I thought they did normal Giants doing Giants things and just made a terrible pick like they pretty much always do. And uh I don't know, from a dynasty standpoint, I with how young Kadarius Tony is, I would still be willing to possibly go out and obtain him. But I I definitely I don't want nothing to do with this Giants past game in regards to the two thousand and twenty two season. So but I don't really think anything in the draft would have changed that. So but I mean I definitely I can definitely say I agree with you on not being in on him for you know anything. I don't want nothing to do with Kenny Galladay, Wandale Johnson or whatever, or Kadarius Tony, none. Wondell Robinson, Robinson Johnson. Doesn't matter. I'm not, like I, I, did a literally a mock ranking of the entire four rounds of the rookie draft, and I, I have him in the third, and I don't even like it there. I, I and that he's a second round pick, and I'm just like, ugh.
0: Yeah, he, he's not a terrible player, but he's not a great player. And he's just going to eat in a couple of targets here and there. And it's just going to hurt all of their, you know, upside, I feel like. So I'm going to stick away.
1: I thought the Patriots did something similar, too, with uh, Thornton. I don't I really like their wide receiver pick in the second round either. So, I mean, not a Patriots and Giants, just doing Patriots and Giants things I guess So, but, yeah, I'm out. O-U-T. All, all right. Well,
0: Chris, who's your loser?
1: So – it goes without saying the obvious loser of this draft is Michael Carter for clear, obvious reasons because Brees Hall went there. I just wanted to make sure that was an honorable mention. We don't really need to go too far. In we that. don't. Brees Hall, great running back, comes there. Michael Carter, fourth-round running back previous year. Do the math yourself. It's not looking good for him. Maybe flex play at best. But somebody that really did take an L during this draft, and I was worried about it pre-draft. I even talked – I've been talking about it with a lot of my league mates and stuff. That was Devonta Smith, rookie – uh, pick from last year, a very sensational receiver. I wasn't. He was the Heisman winner, correct? He was. Yes, sure. I mean, it's t- which. I, I mean, I love the kid. I do, but like the Eagles went out. They traded for AJ Brown, as we all know, which was a huge day one surprise. Tra- put jaws on the ground like ten minutes after Hollywood yeah. Brown went to Arizona. Yeah, I was pumped because was I the craziest Hollywood. wide receiver year ever. <laughs> no, I was so excited. I'm like, oh my god, Hollywood's a Cardinal. I have him in the league. I'm pumped. And then I see AJ Brown traded, and I'm like, what the fuck? I was pissed. But here's what I don't like about, I, it's there's a lot to not like about this for Devonta Smith. I mean, you don't go out and trade to get A.J. Brown on your team and hand this dude a $100 million extension to not use this guy. A.J. Brown walks in and immediately is going to be put in as the wide receiver one for the Philadelphia Eagles. Is that crazy to say? I don't think it is. I think it's crazy to say. So, off rip, if we look at what Devonta Smith did last year, which keep in mind, and it's, it's it all comes down to Jalen Hurts. I, I don't get me wrong, Jalen Hurts is a good fantasy asset. He's a good fantasy quarterback, but in terms of being an actual NFL quarterback, he's not that good. He doesn't throw the greatest passes. He's not somebody that can thread the needle. He's just not a good passer. He does phenomenal things with his legs, but last year with being the number one guy on that team, and the best competition against him was Travis Fulgham and Jalen Rieger. He could barely keep Devonta Smith in wide receiver three territory. He finishes the wide receiver 29.
0: Hey, don't forget about my boy Quez.
1: I mean, that okay, but I actually kind of like Quez, and Quez is a decent receiver. But moral of the story is Devonta Smith was the clear-cut best receiver on that team last year. Now, here's another thing I don't like. That coaching staff has not changed at all. Philadelphia ranked dead last last year in pass attempts. They had 495 total pass attempts. That was the very bottom of the league. Under only Seattle at 495, and then New Orleans was right there too. So right off rip, they're a very low pass volume team. I don't expect that to change. And out of those, I do expect that to change. I mean, you don't bring in AJ Brown to throw the ball less, but it's it's not it's not going to be enough. I I, mean, you're you're looking at I mean, so Devonta Smith last year saw 104 of those targets. He had a 21 percent. Of that entire team target share, even if that fantastic for a rookie. Even if that increases, I mean, let's be. AJ Brown is the kind of guy that can come in and command twenty five percent of the team's entire target share on his own and do great things with it. And they they brought him in to do that. That's the reason why they went out and traded for him. So I just I don't like Devonta Smith. I think at this point in time he is downgraded to. I would say a flex play at best. It's still going to be, even if you uptick the pass volume by a little bit, uptick it by 15%, you're still in the bottom 10 of the league. And AJ Brown is the kind of guy, he's very dynamic with the football. Once you get him that ball, he can make, he can make plays happen. This is a guy that can house plays at any given moment, taking away the entire field, taking away scoring opportunities for Devonta Smith. I just, I think he was a massive loser from this trade, from this draft. And I, I'm, completely off him in redraft dynasty. I'm going to hold still because he's young and he is a very, very good football player, but I don't want nothing to do with him in the 2022 season. I'm the complete opposite. I think
2: getting AJ Brown kind of helps Devontae Smith. I think having somebody on the opposite side of the field who is going to command, you know, the best corners from every team is going to give Devontae Smith, who is his biggest strength is the fact that he can route run against anybody. He is going to burn some nickelbacks. He's going to burn some people's cornerback twos. He's going to, get open. He's going to
1: still see eight to 10 targets. I mean, I've been burning nickelbacks for years now. I mean, I got how you remind me photograph. I got all the hits on one CD, so I don't know what that has anything to do with this. (laughs) No, but I think Devontae Smith will be just fine.
0: Yeah, I think it hurts his overall upside, but he's not a guy I'm going to be like, Oh, I'm definitely not touching this year in drafts. Got to wait to see where his ADP kind of falls out. And I think he's a nice guy to kind of maybe take a little risk on, um, you know, a little bit later in draft that could pop off if Jalen hurts does take a step forward when it comes to passing the ball.
1: If you can get him in, like, the, I would say, rounds 9 through 11 in your 12-man standard leagues, or 12-man standard, just normal leagues. I mean, PPR. It's obviously standard at this point. But I, I would be on board. for. I would be willing to kind of take a stab at that. But I do not see a ceiling higher than wide receiver three territory for him. I don't.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, Ryan, go ahead and give us your draft day loser. No, loser. I definitely went the
2: boldest here, I think, and I'm sure you guys will agree with me, because I went with Mr. Antonio Gibson. Running back for the Washington Commanders. Uh, somebody who I have, for his entire career, been a big fan of. Somebody who Chris, for his entire career, has been a big fan of. of Gibby. I, I'd i be in panic mode if I was his owner. Uh, this whole offseason screamed, Antonio Gibson, how are you going to be RB1 when they're making all these moves around you that says, we don't want to keep giving you the ball more than you can handle? He was going to get all the pass-catching work because J.D. McKissick was going to be gone to Buffalo. Oh, wait, they went and stole him and brought him back. So they're bye-bye passing work. Okay, it's still fine. He's going to get all the between the tackles. And he's going to get the goal line and all that stuff. Oh, wait, we went in the third round and drafted Brian Robinson Jr. Uh,
0: who's, who's arguably one of the best runners the best, in this draft. The best short
2: yardage back in this draft. The best The Alabama running back who does what Alabama running backs do, powers through everybody and finds the end zone. So now his upside is what? A couple rushing yards a game? Because the touchdowns are going to have to deplete, the pass catching is going to deplete. He's going to be limited to like an RB two type of territory, and that that scares me. For somebody who had top twelve upside, and people
1: were paying top twelve prices for.
0: I, I honestly, there, there's not much I can add to that, Ryan. I definitely agree with most of. Them oh, I sure. can add
1: because I disagree. I, I, I know I'm you did the same. Spe- I mean, look, you're not last year. This dude had. I wrote down his totals. He had 258 carries. He turned those into 1,000 yards. He also had 42 receptions. He, in my opinion, going forward, I I value him in the eight to 15 range in terms of RB overall finish. I don't really think this does a whole lot to him. It's not something that you want to see, obviously, from any perspective, especially in the new age NFL where we gotta kind of dial back these expectations of where running backs go. Like. There's not really a thing anymore of running backs being taken in the top ten overall picks. There's not really a thing anymore of the running backs being taken really in the no. first round at all. I but mean, it's not
2: that the running backs are getting worse. It's just it's because the running backs are getting better, there are so many good
1: ones. It's because well, it was also because of just the shelf life of the position. Yeah, it's it's a waste of a pick. And in the somebody first round. who has bad shins doesn't sound but, like he's going to have great shelf life. I mean, I don't think he's going to have bad shelf life. That's that's been one injury. It's he's over that. He's recovered. He's going to be fine moving forward. An injury can happen to any player period, especially at the running back position. But I'm not going to overreact to Antonio Gibson having a guy like Brian Robinson there. Brian Robinson, if anything, it was definitely a blow to Brian Robinson stock because that was a running back I liked and I wanted to see him go somewhere else. But I do think that this Washington team is still going to put him basically in the role of the Workhorse running back that they have been for the last few years. And I still see Gibby getting, you know, his anywhere between 200 to 30 to 250 carries. And he might, his pass catching work might get dialed back a little bit with the JD McKissick thing there. But I still th- see it being in that, I'd say, probably 40 to 50 target range. And he's going to do his normal. In between RB8 to 15 stuff, and that's... I don't think it'll be normal RB8 to 15 stuff. I think we're looking at RB15 to 20 stuff. At, yeah, I'm not, at I'm not there. I can't see that. I, I just, don't... Because the touchdowns are going to deplete. I mean, do you... Okay, let's find the line. Saquon Barkley or Antonio Gibson? Saquon Barkley. Really?
0: Yep. Yeah, definitely. That's
1: insane. You guys are crazy.
0: There's, there's would, no one to take any snaps away from him.
1: It doesn't matter. There's nobody there to protect And Sa- him.
0: Saquon is a more talented running back.
1: Yeah. I don't think that he is right now. Oh, he is. I mean, I mean he definitely is. That he
0: has. I mean, you could say the same thing about Antonio Gibson. You know, this is Saquon Barkley's what third or fourth year now in the league. I
1: think it's Barkley's fifth. So it's going to be Barkley's. It's going to be Barkley's. Yeah. Fourth. So he had four. No, fifth. I'm pretty sure.
0: Regardless, he's had a couple seasons in the league. One season he was dominant. Another season he was banged up all year. The last season he was in and out. What if this is Antonio Gibson's year? He's all he's out all year because of. His injuries, like you, you never know when it comes to injuries. But lower leg injuries are scary, especially when it comes to running backs.
1: Yeah, but Gibson, I mean, he he came back from that injury already and played phenomenal.
2: He was the RB two all year, but he lived every week up until the last minute on the questionable tag.
1: Once he got over that, they said, "I'm pretty they, sure they he never down got, got over
0: it." All right, I got a quick question for you, Ryan. Yes. Let's say you have Antonio Gibson, right, and you're looking to make a run this year, and so he's a dynasty option. Yeah, and you you package him up. With you know someone's second option at receiver like T Higgins or something like, that. Oh, would you, you go it. ahead and trade Gibson and T Higgins for a bona fide number one fantasy football player in CMC?
2: In CMC, yeah, in a heartbeat. That's an easy trade. Uh, fair I, I enough. Would, yeah, I would yeah. do that now. I mean, that you that's, would do that too. For like sure, that's a top five bona fide player. like wide receiver one like Justin Jefferson.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't have done that trade <laughs> now. there the, things have changed. It does <laughs> do. I wouldn't. I shouldn't have done that trade. Period. You shouldn't, have. <laughs> but. It is what it is. You make moves, you win some, you lose some. It happens. I didn't lose. I got T. Higgins still. And I love T. Higgins. You'll be talking... I will be talking about T. Higgins on this podcast all off season long. So. Hey,
0: I love T. Higgins, but it, it sucks when you're, you're capped up. It's kind of like when we would talk about Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Like, without one going down, it's hard to see the other one fulfilling that top ten spot. Wow. And so, I mean, that's just where it is, but... You guys got anything else when it comes to draft days, winners, and Yeah, well,
1: let's just agree to disagree because we, for time purposes, should probably move forward. Correct. All I'm right. Gibson's done so. Not really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Free
0: to pull girl Alrighty, for our second topic of the day you know we're Kyle gonna, thought that
1: was part of like the yas were part of the song
0: yeah. well well kyle seems like an idiot so oh he's gonna have some words with you that's fine you can you can follow me at twitter on or on twitter at, Don't on at me.
1: facebook me bitch
0: <laughs> anyways we're gonna dive into just a few of the kind of bigger free agent moves and we'll be hitting a lot of these topics throughout the offseason and kind of Going deeper into each situation. So, we're not going to hit every single move that happened, you know, in the free agency because there were so many this year. But I'll just go ahead and get us started. One of the biggest, I think, things that saddens me in it, and I don't have him much in Dynasty, but mainly for redraft, I was expecting to draft this guy in the first round this year. And that's the Denver backfield and Javante Williams. I love Javante, I think he's a stud, but I also respect Melvin Gordon and how good he is as a player that it just. Overall caps, Javante's upside. And Melvin Gordon is a
1: massive value in your redraft leagues. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because if one of them goes down, Melvin can take over. and Or he can even be a flex play week in and week out when you're playing the buys. And you can probably get him in the eighth round. Yeah, definitely. So I just, I'm just so, I was upset. Because it it just, every other running back needy team was, you know, going to Melvin for a visit and everything like that. And he just decided to go back. Which is probably a good football decision. Well, he wanted to play the whole to, time. When it goes, to, when it comes to fantasy, it's just like ah, my young stud, my my Jonathan Taylor in training. Like he's not going to break out this year. Yes, it, it seems it, like you know, and it just makes me sad.
2: It hurts Javante Williams RB one overall season. You know, for all of us. You know, I was a big big Debbie Downer about all this as a Javante Williams Superflex owner, but. I'm not as, like, super concerned. Like, I don't think it tanks his value either. I think, you know, there's a good well, in chance in Dynasty, it doesn't. They just end up back in the same spot they were last year, where both of them were RB2s that you could play every week.
1: But what's important to note right now is, on like, building on top of that, yes, they're back in the same spot as last year, but the team's different. It's a much better... Russell Wilson changes a lot yes. of things. There's going to be way more scoring opportunities. There's going to be way more, you know, prolonged drives that actually go more than three plays and give these guys more opportunities to make plays, which they both are, especially Javante. Very, very good at making plays.
0: So, I think they're going to be in more situations to score, which is good, but I don't know if they're going to have more opportunities to play because I just feel like with, when you have a guy like Russell Wilson, like you're going to let him cook. I don't know. Pete Carroll didn't do it. Exactly. The reason why he got moved. So I can, I can see Denver throwing the ball. 30 to 35 times a game. And that just hurts both to their value.
1: Yeah, we're going to have fun debating. We're going to have a fun time debating Russell Wilson this offseason. So um, I'm going to keep things moving here. Kansas, oh, you were done, right? I yeah, didn't yeah, want to step on your feet. Kansas City in general, pass catchers, run game, very interesting. A lot of new faces there. I think, you know, just kind of circling back to the last segment, I think Juju Smith Schuster is a massive winner from this draft because we were all expecting them to use one of those first round picks on one of those top guys and they didn't. And I, I love sky. Moore. They didn't have the chance to, they all got no. taken before him. Yes, that is true. But, and I like sky Moore a lot. He's one of my favorite mid round, mid first round rookie picks. I do really like that kid. I think he's got a lot of, you know, just raw speed and talent, but th- there's a lot of new faces in this offense, and I do like Juju manning the slot there. I think he's going to be, depending on where his ADP lies, he could he's either going to be a massive bust or a massive value. kind of depends on where it goes. But what I really want to touch base on right now is their run game and how I think this is RIP to CEH. And I am completely off Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I've been the Clyde Edwards-Hilaire all-time truther, all-in on him all the time. They brought in Ronald Jones, and I know that doesn't sound like a sexy name or anything like that, but Ronald Jones is actually a pretty decent through the tackles runner. And Ronald Jones is actually not bad on the goal line either, which CEH has been very, very, very unproductive on the goal line over the last few years. I don't understand what Kansas City's doing. The whole point of having a guy like Clyde would be to get him involved in the pass game. That seems to be what his strengths are as a football player. But they just don't seem to do that with him. And now you look at this team who just added a rookie in Sky Moore, brought in Juju Smith-Schuster – it's not crazy to think Clyde, at best, is fourth in pecking order of targets. And that's... You know, there are still guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is not a guy I'm a fan of, but he's definitely going to get some work or the deep here. deep threat for sure. Like, and that, so... It's a new make to a new team. I'm still not worried about Patrick Mahomes, though, for anybody out there that's not... ...that no. d- doesn't think he's going to be a top-five quarterback. I would definitely be taking guys like Josh Allen and maybe Kyler Murray over him, but or if you want to take a shot on the massive breakout of Herbert, go for it. But like Kansas city is going to be interesting this year, but I am absolutely out on Clyde Edwards. Alaire.
0: Yeah. I, I'm going to just get started. I disagree. Not to the point of, I think Clyde can be a first round pick running back or anything, but I'm going to buy that dip any yep. day of the week, mainly because Tyreek Hill, just like a Devonte Adams was a 10 to 15 target a game guy. So even if, Juju comes in, like he's not Juju's not going to demand 10 targets a game. Neither is neither that. is Sky Moore. Neither is any of those guys they brought in. So even if Clyde goes from three to four targets a game to possibly four to five to six, you know, and when you lose a player of Tiger Kill's talent, you gotta have some kind of transition in your offense. It's not gonna be the same thing. So I think they may feature Clyde Edwards or Lair in their, you know, passing game, in their run game this year. And Ronald Jones cannot catch the football. No,
1: he can't. So the, the, that can't that, hold on to it either. I
0: think that, like, I don't disagree with a lot of what you said, Chris, but I still think that seeing where his ADP falls out, I'm willing to take that risk to finish in Would the top Would you take him in the 15. third? I, I think he, he's a nice... that's
1: probably where he's going to end up.
0: If he gets up that high, that's that's going to be a ballsy choice. Now, if he drops any farther, I mean, you had guys last year, like, like Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery going in the fourth, fifth round. If he's in that kind of range... I'm definitely taking the upside with an explosive offense. I feel the like Chiefs.
1: Jacobs, went.
2: Jacobs I, was a little earlier. He was in the second, but you know, David Montgomery and Devin Singletary and stuff were. that's probably the range that Clyde's going to be in this year. So that begs the question, Clyde or Montgomery and oh, Montgomery,
1: Montgomery for sure. Um, I, I mean, I wouldn't really, I don't think it's fair to put him versus Singletary. I don't think they're in the same, but honestly, oh, that's a, that is a tough one. That's, that's actually a really tough one. So maybe it is a good one. Um, I'm gonna go single but because I'm out on Clyde, period. I've, he's the man has burned me too much. He's on my never again list, right there with Dalvin Cook and throwback player Doug Baldwin. So I'm going Clyde. Yeah, I, days.
0: yeah. I think I'm gonna go Clyde based on just the overall the confidence the I have in the offence. offense. Yeah. yeah. Clyde or Zeke? Oh Zeke. Zeke. Clyde. As much as everyone hates Zeke, he still finished in
1: like the top five yeah. last year. Clyde or Travis Etienne? Ooh. Clyde. I think I might go
2: Etienne. I'd go Etienne. Just sure. because ETN kind of, you know, he should be fully back. And but, with Robinson, with the Achilles injury, it's his backfield.
0: Mainly because ETN is most likely going to be way cheaper. Yeah. That's why I think I would maybe lead ETN to get some more value early in their draft. But um, it's going to be interesting. So. Speaking of a, you know, Tyreek Hill leaving the Chiefs, Ryan, who do you got? I've got the Miami offense. They were my big surprise of this whole free agency
2: period. And this isn't even really with free agency signs. This is with a lot of trades. Well, one big trade, really, adding Tyreek Hill. I am very, very excited about this Miami offense. I was a big Waddle guy, and it paid dividends last year. Uh, he was the second-best rookie wide receiver behind, you know, the once-in-a-generational talent, Jamar Marte. But Waddle was very reliable. He saw the most uh, receptions for a rookie in NFL history, doing it in only 16 games, so you can't blame that extra game. Ha-ha. And he, he's a solid, solid football player. Adding Tyreek Hill to that offense just makes things a lot easier for him to get wide open and then Tyreek Hill in his own right finds his way to get wide open. He is a unbelievable machine of outrunning everybody, finding all the open spots. I think this helps to a whole bunch uh Chase Edmonds getting signed in the offseason. He could be a sneaky RB2 that you can be snagging late late in your drafts because that offense is going to be overpowered, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't blame you though. No. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be exciting to see what happens to Miami cuz they got a lot of new acquisitions. They got a new coach, so I think it kind of hurts Tyreek Hill's, like, number one receiver value. It does. But, but I definitely don't hate a lot of those players on that team. Do
1: you have any concerns about Waddle? Uh, no. Do you, you think they can both thrive? What do you? What's a realistic ceiling for Jalen Waddle?
2: Um, I would say maybe a little less than what he did last year, but, you know, I still see him seeing 100 targets and, you know, pushing. Give me a range, though.
0: I could see him finishing. Wide
1: receiver, 18 to 24. Okay. Is there a world where Waddle... Plays were finished is better than Tyreek Hill, not counting injury. I
0: think no, there's a world where that No, happens. no way in hell.
2: I think Waddle's uber talented, and he was drafted that high for a reason, and he played that high for a reason last year. He is a very, very good wide receiver.
1: Well, here in Cleveland, we do have a thing for loving receivers that like to play high. So, but hey, anyway, anyways, uh, we're so- gonna dive in a lot. I have a lot to say about Tua on future episodes. So don't don't worry, we'll be definitely diving deep into this topic pretty soon. Tank for Tua
0: for sure. Well, I got a quick one. And this one's pretty self-explanatory. This is for the Las Vegas pass catchers. Devonte Adams goes there for a first and second round pick. You know, you had a arguably a top five, top three tight end in Darren Waller. You had a breakout stud in the slot in Hunter Renfro. So a lot of those guys were, you know, a little bit cheaper than the top, top guys, but they were still valuable when it came to fantasy last year. And I know Waller was a little bit banged up, but he's still a freak of nature. Devontae Adams goes there, it hurts all of their values, and it also hurts Devontae Adams' value because there was no one on Green Bay that was as good as Waller and Renfro. So I don't know if you're going to see the safe 19 points a game that you saw from Adams throughout his career in Green Bay.
1: I, I, I'm all about I think Derek Carr is a great value at the quarterback positions here. I do agree with you. It's going to be a little bit hard to see Adams repeat what he normally does, but it that's a very interesting team. And I'm I'm all in on Josh Jacobs for the 22 season. Ooh, I'm off Josh Jacobs for the 22 season. Oh, he's going to have more scoring opportunity. That offense is going to move better. I, I, uh, Devontae Adams opens a lot of things up for him. And they're so. not going to be afraid to just use the hell out of him considering they didn't pick up his option. That, that's why I like him. So yeah. I, I'm all in on that. So um, I'm going to round things out here, Get uh, just kind of move things along. I think Leonard Fournette going back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was a great move. I do like the running back they invested in a third-round pick with Rashad White. He was one of my favorite backs in – the draft, but he does a lot more of his damage in the pass catching work. Leonard Fournette last year was sneakily a very, very great value of a player to have. He put he gave you RB1 numbers. He got a three-year deal worth $21 million. That is starting running back money. Tom Tom Brady is back in the building, despite what we thought. You know, he spent five, he spent five weeks at home with his wife and kids. He said, Fuck this, I'm out. So he's back in the building, running the team, running the offense. And I think that Leonard Fournette is gonna probably be overlooked a little bit in your drafts this upcoming season and he might give you some good value especially if you can get him late in the second maybe early in the third so I, I'm very excited about him going back to Tampa that's I think that was a great move
0: don't disagree completely but I think Leo Fernandez is one of those guys who has a huge wide range of outcomes he does that could burn you or it could you know pull vote you to a championship run so that'll be a nice one to dive into deeper throughout this offseason Ryan finish us off
2: I'm going to finish this off with the hometown team, boys. The Cleveland Browns, they have revamped their offense this offseason. And one thing the Browns have been for the past five or so years is a fun football team to watch, playing some competitive games, winning some games for the first time in our lives. But they haven't been great for fantasy purposes. Uh, They might have had Chubb and Hunt, who, the team chunt, both finished in the back-end one to. High middle end RB two territory, but they just they kind of capped each other's upsides. So for fantasy purposes, not a lot of Browns are on people's rosters. But I think things are going to start changing moving forward with the addition of Deshaun Watson, who every year he's been healthy and played a full 16 games since his rookie year was a top five quarterback. He has fed his team. He is a reliable starter. Now we get the addition of Amari Cooper, who is a solid wide receiver two floor as long as he stays on the field. As long as he be good he, exactly. I'm curious about the upside of the other wide receivers that we currently have on the roster as of this recording, Donovan Peoples-Jones and our recent draft
1: pick in the third round, David Bell. David Bell is a super value in the early second round picks of your rookie drafts for all you Dynasty players out there.
2: There is a lot of what-ifs and high upside on this team that I am very, very excited for. And to cap it off, Mr. David Njoku is finally going to see that tight end one upside that he has so long deserved. Deshaun Watson was great at finding Mr. Jordan Adkins and such in the end zone, and David Njoku's best spot is in the end zone so with austin hooper gone and joku assuming the titan one responsibility got that franchise tag this year getting that 10 mil i
0: i think there's a lot of big ceiling opportunities on this team yeah the, the only thing is the elephant in the room is how many games will deshaun watson be out will he be out at all so there might be a little bit of value to kind of buy those players a little bit cheaper than they might go if oh, I hope but prior has- to the season you know does like he does get suspended or doesn't like that's the main thing you got to um you know focus on because Deshaun Watson was making guys like Kiki Q T look like you know prime Wes Welker out there so Will I fuller de- like a hundred
2: million dollars <laughs> and
0: I definitely agree that's another thing you got to keep your eye on I think the Browns are definitely going to add another veteran throughout this offseason so definitely like Cooper Njoku all those guys but keep an eye on if they add another vet like Jarvis or even a, don't Willful. be surprised
1: if Jarvis comes back I hope I hope that um Deshaun Watson gets slapped with a six-game suspension and let him slip back in those drafts because quarterback is such an easy position to pair two great options on in your typical rant, You know, your typical one QB at home leagues, you can always get two good quarterbacks, one that'll hold you over for those first six games, and then we just know what Watson can do. So for fantasy pur- fantasy football purposes, I-, I would definitely be all in on Watson if he got hit with a six-game suspension. But it's going to be interesting. Um, We can dive way more into this sooner because I'm sure you guys are going to have a bone to pick with me on this. But um, all Dynasty formats right now, Nick Chubb is a massive sell. So, but yeah. Yeah, disagree. More on that later.
0: Disagree. (laughs) Anyways, that'll do it for this week's show. I uh, just wanted to thank everybody for tuning in this week. Make sure to hit us up on any of the social media platforms at Sick Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, as well as our own personals at Michael underscore Seta. I'm at the real Ryan Long, and I'm at HitStickChris. Chris. Get at us. Any long form feedback? Hit us up at email at hitstickfantasy at gmail Love you guys.
1: Good night.
2: Fuck you, Cory Long.